Welcome to the show about great recommendations and the people who make them. This is What's Good. Hey, this is Elijah Sass, and today I'm going to give some recommendations around the topic of sleep. Ironically enough, I slept horribly last night, so I'm going to do this while I'm super tired. And I'll have to say the disclaimer, I am not a doctor, nor do I play one on the internet or on podcasting. And I say that because sleep does have so many consequences for your health and the lack of it can cause a ton of medical issues, which uh, maybe I'll just open up and talk about that right away. Why would you care about sleep? Um, and why do I care about it so much? I'm a little bit obsessed about sleep right now because I really suck at it. Uh, for most of my life, I didn't prioritize it at all. Um, I still struggle with protecting it over other activities like doing more work or a good Netflix binge. But recently I've taken it really seriously, uh, just as much as I would take anything else for health, such as exercise or nutrition. So for the, as long as I can remember, sleep has been viewed as almost a weakness. You know, the old, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Uh, it's been the, uh, startup mantra in the tech scene as long as I can remember. And, uh, the, the, the reading the, I'm reading the Elon Musk biography right now and the stories about him working 120 hour weeks and sleeping under the desk in a conference room for 20 minutes at a time on a factory floor. Uh, it's just absolutely bananas. I, I, I think one of the things that really started to change my mind, and this is my first recommendation, is a book by Dr. Matthew Walker, who is a UC Berkeley professor called Why We Sleep. And the stats in that are just staggering. Uh, it's really, really worth reading. Uh, it will absolutely change your mind about the importance of sleep. But just to get into uh, a few of the things that really got my attention, uh, we can start with cognitive function. Uh, the lack of sleep and what it does to your cognitive function, and what I mean is your memory, your concentration, your your creativity, uh, decision making. It's just huge. Like it really, really impacts it. Uh, your your physical health. Uh, if you are into working out and you're doing strength training, for example, or a bunch of endurance work, sleep is when all of those repair processes happen. It's when muscle grows, when tissue gets repaired, when protein gets synthesized, uh, when growth hormone is released. Uh, it, it's even required for the proper functioning of your immune system. Uh, then you've got your emotional well-being. Uh, adequate sleep promotes emotional stability, resilience, uh, reduces the risk of mental health disorders like depression and anxiety. And even getting into uh, things like Alzheimer's disease, these neurodegenerative diseases that sometimes are early onset, sometimes don't hit people until much later in life. They're now finding all of these correlations between people who get good, deep, regular sleep and those who don't and what happens. Uh, your heart health. That's something I've been thinking a lot about as I get older and have a family history of cardiovascular disease. It regulates your blood pressure, uh, inflammation levels. Both are very critical for cardiovascular health. You've got your metabolism, um, people trying to lose body fat. Lack of sleep can disrupt the hormones that control your appetite, your metabolism, your glucose processing. 
uh, I recently started wearing a continuous glucose monitor and saw differences of my glucose response to blood sugar when I would have good sleep versus bad sleep. You've got just general productivity and safety, right? Um, there's some wild numbers. I can't recall them offhand about uh, it's, it's something like if you've only slept five hours at night, it's the equivalent of having a couple of drinks and getting behind the wheel, right? As far as your reaction time, uh, general longevity, right? I mentioned heart disease. I mentioned the neurodegenerative disease, but then you've also got a higher risk of kidney disease, diabetes, stroke, the obesity, all that fun stuff. So if I haven't sold you, read Matthew Walker's book. That probably will. But anyhow, let's get into some of the recommendations. So uh, obviously, just protecting the time that you give yourself to sleep. Biggest thing you can do, right? And I started with, well, how can I gamify this a little bit, right? So uh, I've worn tons of fitness trackers before. Uh, I was using the Whoop for a very long time. Right now, I'm using a Garmin watch. Uh, all of these devices, many, many of these devices anyways, will give you sleep analytics and tell you what your overall sleep was. A lot of them will wrap it up into a score. It's usually from zero to 100. They will tell you the amount of deep sleep that you had versus light sleep versus REM sleep, right? The REM sleep is when you're dreaming. So uh, the thing all these devices have in common is they're really not that great. They really, they really aren't. If you really want to know how you're sleeping or if you feel like you're at risk of uh, possibly have a sleep apnea, you should do a sleep study, right? All these devices will give you a bit of a ballpark, but uh, really, you know how you slept when you wake up. Everybody knows that feeling when they feel all cracked out, when they get out of bed because they were tossing and turning all night or woke up and couldn't go back to sleep for a very long time. And it's just incredibly evident when you've had good sleep or sometimes you've probably had this experience. You're trying to fall asleep. You have that early onset insomnia and you're tossing and turning, thinking about stuff and ruminating. And then all of a sudden you come to and realize that you fell into a dream. You basically were getting some REM sleep and Maybe it wasn't that long, but you finally became exhausted enough and you fell asleep and all of a sudden popped up and you're like, oh, wow, that was a crazy dream I was having. Well, at least I slept. So really, that is, for me, the best indicator. Uh, yeah, I wake up, I feel refreshed. When I look at the analytics, uh, sometimes I'm shocked where I'm like, oh, wow, I barely had any deep sleep or REM sleep or so says the sensors, but I feel great. And then vice versa. Wow, I had all this deep sleep, like, you know, hour, 45 minutes of each. And I feel uh, like a complete mess. Like I just didn't get any good sleep. So take, take that with a grain of salt. Now, as far as what else you can do besides protect it, I have found a bunch of things that have helped me. And like I said, my sleep is generally pretty crappy. I don't think I've really had great sleep since I've had kids. 
And uh, I, I, I'm very grateful that I tend to fall asleep pretty quickly. If I just open up a book, it usually just knocks me right out. Probably helps that I barely read fiction and it's all stuff that uh, is probably pretty boring to a lot of people, including myself sometimes, and it, I just crash out. But uh, I, I very often wake up in the middle of the night and can fall back asleep, or I will wake up super, super early that is incredibly consistent. So for me, one of those things that I have to do regularly is get to bed early. What else can I do? So uh, one of the things, uh, I I think this was, Dr. Walker talks about this and uh, Andrew Huberman has talked about this many times is getting bright light in your eyes right when you wake up. And what that does is resets your circadian clock. Or that thing that uh, we, we evolved into for millions of years of, hey, the sun's coming up, I'm going to wake up, sun's going down, I'm going to go to bed. And if you wake up really early like I do, uh, most often before the sun comes up and especially in the winter, how do, you, how, do you, how do you get that reset so that you can then get to bed at a decent time and feel tired? Uh, there's a couple tricks. So I used to have this desk light, this high lux light that simulates sunlight. It's a non-UV light, but it's very, very bright. And I would try to get 15 to 30 minutes or so of that in the morning first thing. But you have to be in the same place. It's a little bit cumbersome. Then I discovered these glasses. So I picked up these Luminet light therapy glasses that throw out uh, 1500 lux max, and they have three settings, a, a low, medium, and a high. You put these on, and if you're in a dark room and turn them on, you'll be completely blind. But if there's light around you, it's fine. Like uh, looking at a computer, for example, I can wear these and do computer work. But I'll typically wake up in the morning, I put these on, brush my teeth, uh, make some coffee, go ahead and start doing some work or whatever. I'll even uh, start a workout. I'll do a warm-up with these things on. Like they're totally fine to wear. So that's that's one thing I recommend. Another thing uh, as far as when going to bed is trying to create an environment where there's going to be the least amount of noise I'm subject to that might wake me up and the least amount of light. Uh, That does mean eradicating whatever light possible you can in the place that you're sleeping. Uh, For example, even those bright little LEDs that might be on electronic equipment, especially the blue ones. If they're blue, that's really, really bad. That's the wavelength that tells your brain, hey, it's time to wake up. And unfortunately, a lot of the light bulbs around our house now that are LED lights have a lot of blue in that wavelength. So so there's that. So uh, about an hour and a half before bed, I put on these glasses. The ones that I got are called the Horus X blue light glasses. They're not very expensive. I think they're like maybe 25 bucks or so, and they're really well constructed. And what they do, they're these typical typical like blue blocker glasses. They have the orange lenses and they will filter out that light. So if you are looking at a screen or subject to the LED lights in your house, it's not telling your brain, hey, it's time to wake up. It's doing the opposite. It's filtering that out. Uh, Kind of like imagine uh, we're living in caves. The only light we have is a campfire. It, it, It basically turns any light around you into that kind of orange light that you would see in a flame instead of uh, an incandescent or LED light. 
So that's one. As far as sound, uh, I've experimented with a ton of different earplugs. The ones I like the most are called Heroes Extreme Protection. They're these blue earplugs. I buy them in bulk off of Amazon. It's uh, Heroes, H-E-A-R-O-S. Very clever what they did with that little pun. Uh, anyways, they, for me, are very comfortable. I know some people don't like sleeping with earplugs, but they block out a ton of noise and uh, make a really big difference for me. Uh, also to block out the light, if you know you can just completely black out your room, that's amazing. I've actually lived in places where the sun early in the morning was just so direct and bright that I ended up uh, putting tinfoil on the window and just masking it off completely. And I'm like, this is a sleep room. It never needs, needs to see light. That's fine. Usually it doesn't work. So for example, right now I have some really good blackout curtains. But in addition to that, I have an eye mask and I've also tested a ton of these. I've tested the really cheap ones and then the super fancy ones that go over your head, almost like you're wrapping uh, a bandana or a beanie around your eyes. Problem with those for me is they're incredibly hot. They are really, really hot. Uh, Not a fan whatsoever. I did find one that I really like. Uh, it's moderately priced. They all get kind of gross over time because they're just sitting on your sweaty, oily face, or at least mine is sweaty and oily. And they just will fall apart over time. You're you know, rolling over and uh, smashing them into a pillow. So I'll tend to refresh it every few months. I think it's like 20 bucks or something. I'll definitely put the link in for that one. And uh, a couple other weird things I do before bed. So I had read this book about breathing quite a while back, specifically nose breathing as opposed to mouth breathing. And I realized at nighttime, I'm usually sleeping with my mouth open, uh, made very evident by my wife yelling at me if I'm snoring. It's a very typical thing to happen when you're sleeping with your mouth open. Uh, It's also bad for your teeth and gum health. Um, It will also dehydrate you. It'll dry your mouth out. And it'll also decrease the quality of your sleep. It's pretty wild. So there is tape that is specifically made for your mouth. It's shaped a special way. I've tried a few of them. Uh, One that I got is really good as far as uh, if you do have some facial hair, it's not going to completely rip it off in the morning. Yet it's pretty secure and snug and comfortable. So that that is good one is the mouth tape. I'll put a link to that as well. To go with the mouth tape, once you cover your mouth, depending on how well you breathe through your nose, that could be problematic for some people. It definitely is for me. And then a friend suggested to me, he was actually using the mouth tape for endurance sports, forcing himself to be breathing through his nose and increases his cardiovascular endurance. And he said, if I put on nose tape, it's a game changer. So you've probably seen people wearing nose tape for one reason or another, and I never really understood how it works. Uh, And and then I bought some and the ones I have are called a breathe right nose strips. And it's this piece of mylar plastic. It's flat. looks like a bandaid when you take it out of the package and you take off the adhesive strip cover on the back, you put it over the lower bridge of your nose and it's kind of a thick plastic. So when you apply it and then let it goes it, it, it it's actually opening up your nostrils it's like it's 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 flaring your nostrils just increasing the passage of air that goes through them that's how they work 
they do make a difference. So I'm doing that every night as well. So what else here? Oh, let's talk a little bit about sleep temperature. Uh, it has been known for a while that people generally sleep a lot better in cooler temperatures, a little bit different for everybody. Some people sleep really hot. Some people sleep really cold. My nine-year-old son is a, just a sweaty mess. As soon as he falls asleep, he'll go in, check on him, you know, put the covers up. And I'm like, wow, you're soaked in sweat. I'm kind of the same way. I get really, really hot when I sleep as well. So you can you know, crank your air conditioner. It's kind of expensive to cool off your entire house. You can try a fan, but uh, you know, back to the dehydrating of just having wind on your skin and in your face all night. The best thing I've found to do is use one of these mattress cooling pads. And the one I'm using right now is the ChiliPad Doc Pro. And I'll tell you why. I've talked to a lot of people about the eight sleep. And if you've listened to any podcast uh, that covers biohacking or productivity or anything like that, eight sleep has probably sponsored them. No, you've heard of eight sleep. So the ChiliPad Doc Pro uh, it's roughly half the price for the amount of coverage. Um, the big difference with it, aside from I've heard that the eight sleep is just a little bit better constructed overall is that once you buy this thing, you own it and that's it. What eight sleep started doing is charging a software subscription to let you use the features of this thing. The best feature, uh, I heard will actually dynamically adjust the temperature of this pad that you're sleeping on based on your body heat or different times of the night. Now you can manually program that in with the ChiliPad Doc Pro, but it's not actually sensing your body temperature and changing that on the fly. So if you wanna spend a couple thousand starting off with a pretty small pad, I think a full size instead of 1000 and you wanna pay the $15 or $24 a month in perpetuity to actually use the device, go for it. It just really rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. One day, I'll, maybe I'll just suck it up and try that one as well. Because having that, having, that, having that cool mattress pad for me makes a huge difference in how I sleep. My uh, Back to the nine-year-old son, who's a hot, sweaty mess when he sleeps, also sleeps horrible. Huge difference in the way he sleeps when he's sleeping on that thing. So you can set the temperature, you can do it through your phone or just do it right on the device. Um, you can set an alarm, a temperature alarm, so that say you get up at 6 a.m. starting at 5.30, it might gradually raise that temperature from 69 degrees Fahrenheit up to 72, 73, 74, and the warming temperature actually wakes you up. These all work a similar way. They have a little box that sits next to or underneath your bed that water is passing through and being cooled and then pumped into a little tube that has a bunch of little uh, channels running through a mattress cover that uh, it's just passing that cool water through. And then as your body heats it up, it's running back through that temperature control box and cooling it off again. Sounds simple in theory, but uh, these things must be pretty hard to make because there's all sorts of reports of, you know, leaking and this and that and lots of iterations and always new models coming out. So that's a really good one. I highly recommend one of these cooling mattress covers. 
So uh, that's a good handful of different things to try out as far as my recommendations for getting better sleep. Uh, I always get questions as well about supplements, uh, drugs, uh, including like edible cannabis, right? Or CBD. I've experimented with it a ton with just the CBD. And again, all this stuff is just really personal. You have to try and see what works with you. CBD really, even CBD specifically for sleep doesn't really do anything for me. The off the shelf herbal supplements have never really done anything for me. Uh, I've tried and tried and tried. Uh, long, long, long ago when I was having horrible bouts of insomnia and didn't know any better, I got a prescription for Ambien. That works. That'll knock you right out. And then it stops working. And then you become dependent on it incredibly quickly and getting off it. I got to say was one of the worst experiences of my life. So I would not recommend that. Um, the THC version of cannabis that for me is more complex. I, I, I feel like, and I, I don't drink, but a lot of people report this same kind of thing with drinking that, Oh, I have a glass of wine. I feel so relaxed. I go to sleep and they, they think they're sleeping better, but their actual deep sleep and REM sleep actually decreases a lot, or they feel really groggy in the morning. It's kind of my experience with uh, edible cannabis that has THC, even with a pretty low level. I feel like I'm just lulled into this nice sleep. If I get woken up, I do almost consistently fall back asleep easier if I have it. But when I look at my heart rate variability in the morning on one of these devices where I'm you know, tracking the sleep analytics and everything else, almost every time, almost every time, if uh, I have even as much as 2.5 milligrams of edible THC, my heart rate variability will tank, usually about 30% below its baseline, which is pretty wild. And I feel super groggy in the morning. So I tend to not do that either. So that's my two cents. Uh, I don't have any real strong recommendations on uh, sleep supplements. Oh, there's melatonin as well. Uh, the thing about melatonin, that's another really complex one. I don't think I even really want to get into it. Uh, it, it, it I'll, I'll say this. It takes very little, like way less than most people think uh, for it to be effective like 250 micrograms. And when you'll, when you see stuff on the shelf, usually it'll, it'll be five milligrams. And even worse, if you don't single source it and it's mixed into some kind of a sleep blend, you'll see five milligrams and then third-party testing will show it be like 15, 25, 35 milligrams, which is just way, way too much melatonin as far as what you need to be effective uh, I will use it sometimes. I try not to use it all the time. That one's a really complex subject as well. Anyhow, those are my recommendations. They're all in my vouch vault. I'll post all the links in the show notes. And I hope this was helpful to some people. Sleep well. What's Good is brought to you by the Vouch app. What if your Instagram feed was filled only with the things that your friends loved so much they'd recommend them to you? That's Vouch. Discover the best products, podcasts, restaurants, recipes, books, services, and more with Vouch. Download it for free in the Apple App Store for iPhones or Google Play for Android. 
What's Good is also brought to you by Spark6, a creative agency that designs and develops mobile apps, websites, and custom software for both startups and Fortune 500 companies. Music is by Connor Price. Find him on Spotify. Call my name, I'll be there any night and any day. Else. You got my eyes, I got your back, you and me.